Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am James Finch. This is the Finch Show Podcast. I want to thank you, first of all, for taking the time out of your day to listen to me, whether you're on the drive or sitting at home or on your Peloton or, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing. I appreciate you listening. I actually really do. Before I get into today's podcast, I gotta pay the bills, man, so I have to talk about Blackstar Woodcrafts, who is the sponsor of this podcast. And... Blackstar Woodcrafts is owned and operated by my good friend Scott. Um, I've known him for a long time, and he is absolutely amazing. I absolutely love the stuff that he does. And the name Blackstar Woodcrafts implies exactly what it is. He makes woodcrafts, and he makes amazing woodcrafts. He has got uh, so many different things that he does, and all of it is absolute high quality. He makes really, really insane pens. I've got this pen that I got from him called the Skull Twist Pen, which is like a, it's a wood pen that's like stained and um, sealed and polished in black with like red streaks and it has this like metal adornment on it that looks like bones and then the very head of it is this really neat metal skull with like gem red eyes. I don't know. I don't know the exact terms for all this stuff, but it looks amazing. It's not just a fully functional pen. It's a set piece. It's something you show off to people. I get it out every time I play D&D with the friends. And other stuff. Gosh, the wedding band that me and my wife have are made by him. It's a metal ring with like a wood inlay. It's engraved and polished. Looks absolutely amazing. It's held up really, really well. Bottle toppers he's made. He makes bath caddies. And you need to start thinking about stuff. Like Mother's Day is coming, right? You want to get your mom something cool? You want to get her something that she will appreciate and think is just fantastic and not just something that you got two-day shipping off of Amazon, this is the way to go. So you can contact him and by finding him. Um, Facebook, Instagram, and he has an Etsy shop. And in all those, you can contact him directly through there. So if you see something that you like, but you'd like it in a different color or a different style, some of the stuff that he makes, for example, like bath caddies, requires a certain um, measurements to make sure it fits the bathtub just right. That's the way you do it. Contact him directly through there, and he will talk through all of it with you. He loves doing that. He loves talking to customers, coming up with ideas, going back and forth, and then give you an idea about how much that's going to cost and how long it's going to take him to get it to you. And because he's the sponsor of this podcast. And in all your travels throughout life and everything that you've done, you find yourself listening to this very podcast. You will get 15% off your order with Blackstar Woodcrafts. Go there, talk to Scott, mention that you got there through the Finch Show, and he will hook you up. Do it, do it, do it. You will not be let down. I give you my personal James Finch guarantee. So moving on to this episode. I was excited about this episode. I really, really was. The guest today is Whitney Martin, who is a local news anchor and assistant news director in Rockford, Illinois. Um, she's kind of a local hero. Like, everybody around here knows who she is. And she is so fun and so energetic and so genuine. Um, aside from being really good at her job, which she's won several um, awards for, she's just an all-around awesome human being. Um, so I got her... To come on the podcast we had like months of like finagling of like playing tag email back and forth because she's an insanely busy person as you can imagine working in the news with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and the turmoil all that kind of stuff not to mention the everyday life stuff that we all deal with but we finally locked it down we got a date we did it today we did it just here this morning just finished it a little bit ago 
Had a really great time talking to her. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. And without further ado, here is Whitney Martin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Whitney Martin. Whitney, how are you doing this morning? I, you know, Fridays are rough for me, but I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Fridays are the rough part of the week when you're on this schedule. It's kind of, you know, the crazy schedule. So I'm feeling it today. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do, um, one of the things that always interested me when you do like a morning news show, like you do, yeah. um, what kind of schedules that like, how early are you up? How soon are you in at the station? All right, so I should get here. This week's a little rough, so I'll tell you. But normally, you want to get here about 3 a.m. So I go to bed at 7 p.m. Um, my son goes to bed. He's two around the same time. So that is always, that's, I think, where the chaos kicks in. So if he doesn't go to bed on time, then I'm not going to bed on time. That's a rough morning. But I normally get up about 2 o'clock, um, basically just roll out of bed. And the goal is just to get here. And I'll do makeup and stuff. I'll just do it here um, while I'm going through scripts and things like that. So really probably three o'clock, but our producers get here at midnight. Oh, wow. So different lifestyle. It is for sure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so is there like a, I guess I question I'm trying to ask is when yeah. you're doing the morning news show and you, and you say you get in, um, how much prep work and preparation goes into every broadcast? So there's a lot actually. So our producers get in about midnight and they'll go through and they'll check, you know, everything that was in the night before they'll check everything that's new from overnight. You know, you know, now it's different with digital media where you're checking every single Facebook page from multiple police departments. You're checking in with people, checking um, hashtags to see if anything had happened overnight. So that's kind of the work before we get in. And then my co-anchor Elliot and I get in about three, we go through all of our scripts. So we have a four hour morning show we're on from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. So we switch from ABC over to Fox, kind of in between there. But um, so we're checking all the scripts. Uh, we'll go through and just kind of make everything a little bit more present tense that really relates to people in the morning. If things don't apply to people in the morning, we just take it out of the show. So our big thing is if you're getting ready at home, what's going to set you up for the day? And those are kind of the things that we're looking for when we go through the show. So we do that for about an hour. Um, there's no hair and makeup people or anything like that. It's not fancy. We're like crammed into this makeup room and then we put our makeup on real quick and we get on set about five minutes to show. Um, so it's really, really rushed. We do some radio hits before then too. It's a very, um, kind of rushed morning, but when you finally get out there at 5am, it's kind of a relief, you know, mm-hmm. if you made it out there, you got everything in, you're ready to go. <laughs> All right. That's uh God, that's crazy. Um, what, um, so for you, kind of, if we go back, yeah. at what point in time in your life did you decide that journalism was the path that you wanted to go? So probably similar to you, I originally wanted to do radio. And so that was the big thing. I was like, I really want to get into radio. Ended up getting an internship over at uh, WIFR, so the CBS affiliate in Rockford, and fell in love with that. And so it was really more so as being on the other side of the camera where I was a photographer. That's how I started. And so it was telling stories, you know, through my camera, through sounds, things like that. That's what I really loved. And I knew I couldn't do that with radio. So I kind of just kind of ventured that way. Um, You know, it's interesting too, because started as an intern and then I was a photographer. um, And then things just kind of slowly started opening up. There was a reporter position. And then basically they came to me one day and they said, 
we basically have no one for a weekend anchor. You're our last possible option. <laughs> Is it something you would want? Like you're all we have. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then it's just, you know, you, you really do, you are in a um, position where you're telling people stories every day and it's, you know, it's just the best job in the world, I think. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. what's that like um, when you're first starting out? You know, like when, uh, you know, you're, cause obviously I imagine it's sort of like a career thing where you're trying to, I guess, build your own personal portfolio resume. What's that like? So when I started, um, it's a lot of unknown. There were a lot of things I didn't know when I walked into the newsroom that I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I have, they would send me out, we, you know, in news terms, they would say a VOSAT. Okay. So they're like, oh, we're going to send you out an VOSAT as a photographer. And that means now that means that you're going to go get video and you're going to get the interview. But I remember back then being like, yeah, I'll go get that VOSAT for you and being like, what is a VOSAT? You know, when I, when I got in the car, you know, like, I don't know what that is. So I think there's just, it was a lot of, um, a lot of unknown. I, it was really cool to be on the other side of the camera where I could learn from reporters. I would shoot their live shots. I would, you know, set up the live truck. Um, that was a time when I started where I carried a fire pager with me. And it was this, I don't know if it was issued to firefighters as well, but it was a big black um, box. And I remember one time I went home and I was sleeping and they had, um, somebody was just setting fires across the Rockford area. And I would get up, grab my gear, go out, shoot the story, come back, go lay down in bed, fire pager would go off again. It was just kind of this alert and I'd go back out and shoot it. And so there were a lot I put in first, I would say two years, just so much work into those first two years. I feel like I wasn't sleeping. I was always shooting stuff. I mean, it, there was just, it was nonstop. I would shoot sometimes 10 stories in one day. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a di- much different than how it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot that- of un- <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I remember a couple of years ago, and I guess uh, as a member of the general public who just turns the news on and there it is, um, I yeah. guess I never really put a thought about, you know, prior to about how much work goes into that. And a couple of years ago, I live here in Freeport. Yeah. Freeport High School football game was about to start. You know, lights are on, bands out there playing and everything else like that. And I pull into the parking lot and one of the uh, Rockford local news cars was in the parking lot. And there's yeah. a woman sitting in the driver's seat with the mirror down and she's doing hair and makeup and she gets out and grabs a camera yeah. herself and hauls it down there. And it just kind of occurred to me like, she's a one woman show, man. Like she's 100% doing all of this. That I, I, I guess I was like really impressed. Like, holy cow. I guess, you know, when you see media on TV and movies, you know, it's always like they show up with like a boom guy and a camera person and a right. huge van and all this stuff. And in reality, yeah. local news isn't going that way, I don't think. It is not like that at all. It's, and it's never been like that for me, you know, even starting in 2007. It's so funny. I remember going, when I worked in Milwaukee, I got up to the, you know, it was a hospital story. I was at a hospital and I came in and we were, uh, I was with the PR person and we were just standing there and we, time had gone by and I was like, okay, she must be waiting on somebody. And so finally I said, like, are we waiting on somebody? And she goes, oh, I'm waiting for your photographer to get here. And I was like, well, photographer, you know, I have the gear everything you know with me and I don't think people realize that but there are many times I think about um in the early part of my career where I would go out I would shoot a bunch of stories um you know run you know coming back in I'd be full of mud or whatever it would be or smell like um a fire from something and I would change really quick into whatever I was going to wear on set and then run on set and just be you know like you're brushing your hair as you're going on and you know, you might get a message or something like Whitney looked a hot mess today. She just needs to get it together or whatever. 
because people have the perception that you have these hair and makeup people and you're walking out, but there's so much of a grind that goes into everything that you're doing that people don't see. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you, that you saw that when you're driving by and you start put the makeup on and you're all flustered and you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a different life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, um, you know, we could spend hours talking about the, the pros and cons of social media. One of the cons oh, yeah. is if the slightest thing is wrong, somebody will let you know. In oh, a heartbeat, sure. they'll chime right in and be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then there have been, people have said there's a you know, comment on your weight or what you're wearing, things like that. And I've always had very, very thick skin with that stuff. So I've never really let it get to me because I just know I always feel like people, nobody would just send somebody that. You know, I always feel like people who send things like that maybe have something that they're not happy with that they are internalizing. And so I'm like, there's just no way that someone's going to just randomly message someone on the news and be like, I don't like your necklace today. I'm like, you're angry at something else, you know? Right. Well, and it's yeah. always so funny when you can hide behind a profile, you know, you're like you'd yeah. never say that to somebody on the elevator. You'd never look at somebody and be like, no. wow, packing it on, aren't you? I mean, come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there was a, a funny thing that happened just a couple of days ago. And maybe you've seen this. I posted on Instagram since I thought it was entertaining. But um, so somebody had commented, I posted some story or so, I don't even remember what it was, but they posted underneath it. Is that the same Whitney girl who was working at 23 News? No, that girl was heavier. And I commented underneath it, guys, I can see this. Like, do you know I can, you know? So I just think of it. And they just were probably didn't, you know, know and stuff. But yeah, it's very interesting, like you said, what people are just willing to post. <laughs> I did see that. It was absolutely hysterical. I mean, talk I about an oops moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of it off you know mm-hmm. yeah so um in um you so you started off in rockford went to yeah. milwaukee and you were there for a few years yeah Came back in late 2019 correct back to the rockford uh, area right yeah <laughs> and uh part of that new thing was um assistant news director for both of the stations that the show's on um, how does the job change from being just anchor to anchor slash assistant news director? Yeah, so that's a good question. So with assistant news director, it really changes on every, depends on what newsroom that you're in. So really just changes on, you know, that kind of determines what the role is. So um, here, one of the big reasons that I wanted to come back here and wanted to take on the assistant news director role is because you know, I told you, I walked in the newsroom and I had no idea what was going on. You know, I learned from the people around me and I felt like, you know, it kind of sounds cheesy, but I mean this, I wanted to be that person for some of our young journalists who are coming in here where you don't know. And maybe, you know, I was scared to ask questions. I didn't want them to come in here and to be scared to ask questions. So I, I really wanted to take it on as a mentorship role. Um, so that's really been my biggest goal with that. And it's been really great to work with a lot of the reporters. We have so many talented reporters here and, you know, you, you want to try to be that person for them. Um, so that's really, I think the biggest change, you know, with that title, it, depending on wherever you are across the nation, it, it definitely changes, the role changes um, depending on where you are. It's kind of whatever the news director wants to mold that role into. But yeah, so that was, that was the biggest, I think one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to come here specifically was for that. Mm-hmm. And so it's been great to do that. Okay. In, in line with that, um, in your personal view, um, yeah. what do you believe the role of a journalist is in a community? Well, I, I believe that you're always fair and balanced. And I know that that is something that has been really hard over the last year, I would say, um, just with all the tensions across the entire country. You know, our, our role has been questioned many times. And so it really, 
I think puts a lot on us to, to show that we are still doing that. We are still those people. I believe, you know, every single time that I sit down with anybody who I'm doing a story on, I know the responsibility I have when I'm sitting there. Even if, you know, I've been doing a lot more, we call it state line strong. So happier stories, kind of uplifting stories, even though that those are happier, somebody is trusting you with anything that they're going or something that they're going through. You know, every single detail that you're putting out, um, just the accuracy, you want to make sure you're right because it's not your story, it's their story. So I just feel like we have a very great responsibility and probably now more so than we've ever had just because of the, of the tensions that, you know, that's kind of the elephant in the room for a lot of us as journalists. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one thing that's become very clear over the last 12 months or so is just how important local news is. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with something on a national level, like the pandemic that we're dealing with, you know, CNN, MSNBC, all those, they can give you an idea of what's going on nationally, what, um, you know, what's going on in terms of the nation's response, but local news in terms of covering what's going on in your community in relation to that, what the local health departments are doing, what the local mandates, mm -hmm. recommendations, all that are. And I, like I said, I think that this past year has really proven how important local news is. It really is. And, and like you said, you know, with everything that's been going on with the pandemic, you know, not even just on the political side where, you know, you hear the term, the media, the media, the media, you know, just locally, all of every single city, every single state is dealing with this in a different way. So our numbers right now in the Rockford area, we were, I think just recently under 3% when it came to our COVID positivity rate, you know, that's not the case in other parts. So you can't turn on CNN or Fox News or wherever the affiliates and get that information. We are, you know, all of our uh, mitigations, all of our laws, everything that's happening here right now is based on our local numbers. And so you're right, it's more important than ever that you're getting that from a local affiliate. So you're not going to get that anywhere else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, on our end too, you talk about the responsibility of that. You know, there are people right now whose lives depend on the news that we're giving out, you know, with everything happening with the vaccines. I know my parents are in a situation right now where they're still waiting on these vaccines to come in. My dad's a diabetic, you know, he's going through some stuff too with his health and they're just waiting on the phone call. You know, they're on the backup list for 830 or whatever it may be at night. And um, you know, so as soon as we're getting information in, we know we got to get all that out with the vaccinations, where people can go, when more are coming in. And it's just, it's so different now than what it used to be because it's, you're right. I mean, it's, you really, really need to focus on local. Mm -hmm. Especially, gosh, it's, you know, it occurred to me, um, what a year it has been to be in news. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I could say the past, you know, several years, but this last like 12 months or so, especially, it just seems like every day there's something major going on or some turning point in something and uh, I, I can't even imagine how busy your newsroom is sometimes oh yeah it's, and it's been especially over the past 12 months it's been extremely busy you know that's the other thing I think a misconception with local news is people think there's the camera person and then there's someone holding the microphone but we are we're one man band so we're going out to all of these scenes you know whether it's the protests or you know covering something with the pandemic we're, we're normally by ourselves for all of that there's not a huge crew um, so we have been, we've been stretched very thin. I think a lot of newsrooms are, even with, you know, you talk about COVID with um, COVID cases, you know, you, we, it's not like we don't get sick. So you have people who use smaller staff and things like that, where you're still working with whatever you have during all of this. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, I agree. 
the the one of the things that I love though is I switch gears a little bit. One of the things I absolutely love yeah. about the morning show that you guys do, um, I, I it, as I sort of step back and look at it as I watch it every morning. I'm not I'm not okay. gonna lie. I don't watch when it comes on at five a.m. I'm not gonna lie. Right. <laughs> We're not awake then either. <laughs> right. But the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is get the coffee, turn it on, and um, as I took a step back and was sort of watching it this past week and just sort of thinking about it big picture. I absolutely love the way you guys sort of are able to cover all the stories, able to cover all the serious stuff. Some of the stuff has some gravity to it. Um, but at the same time, there's enough mixed into it that's lighthearted and fun and kind of makes you feel like, okay, we're starting the day, things are going. Because otherwise, if it was all just one side or the other, it, right. you know, it wouldn't be balanced. You'd sort of feel like, like if it was all the doom and gloom, you'd get up and be like, well, it's another day. You know, on the know. flip side, if it ignored that stuff and was just all fun stuff, then you wouldn't be getting a, a you know a feel for what's going on in your community. And I, I like that you say you get a good balance of that too, because we do, you know, we try to set you up for the day. And Elliot and I, and you probably feel this when you're watching, we're all friends. Mm -hmm. And so there are many times where you'll probably see us laughing. You know, we'll have moments where um, maybe we're skipping a word that looks a little bit difficult at 5 a.m. or, you know, whatever it may be. Or Elliot's, we move so much in our studio sometimes we're tripping or we're running into things. We have a very um, sharp desk. And so I stab myself when I'm walking and Elliot will see out of the corner. And so there's a lot of laughter, but I think the best thing about the morning show is that we'll just tell you, you know what I mean? So if something happens or there's some situation where we're laughing, we are always very transparent in what's going on because we know that people are with us every morning and we never want them to be like, what are they laughing at back there? You know, we always want to bring everybody in because it is, like a big conversation, you know, we're talking to people on our Facebook page and we know it's hard to wake up. It's hard for us when we're out there. Like you said, at 5am, you're not up there for that. And I just think that, you know, I try to imagine what I would want on the other side, if I'm at home or I'm brushing my teeth or drinking coffee, you know, you're not sitting and watching, you're listening, you know what I mean? And so we are genuinely having fun and I hope that people pick up on that. Mm -hmm. That's uh. That's good to hear. I always had the sneaking suspicion that you and Elliot hated each other and it was all just a yeah. facade, but it's, okay, it's good to hear that it's actually true. <laughs> yeah, we're really good Sometimes we're like, what are you, we'll just stop while we're talking on air and go, what are you saying? That doesn't make any sense. What is, it's copying. You know? And Elliot too, he came from uh, NBC station. So, you know, he came from WREX. He was originally doing the morning show. So it was really cool to come here and just kind of reunite because we've been friends for a long time too oh really oh okay yeah yeah is he is he originally from the rockford area as well rockford michigan oh really so rockford but different kind of yeah <laughs> he's so funny whenever i introduced him i'm always like he's really fast he's just so he really is he's a very fast runner he always looks at me like why are you introducing me that way i'm like you're just it's a gift right it's very know this about you <laughs> right so a few people can say that so you might as well lead in with it right? yeah exactly <laughs> we have a really good time and meteorologist joe marino too you know we're just a we just have fun it's early <laughs> <laughs> so somehow um this is completely unrelated uh but yeah. it is something that um when i was doing a little bit of research for this podcast and i had never <laughs> even heard of it before but i came across this show on netflix called nailed it yeah. And I ended up watching like way too much of it last night. I was up so late. I missed the 5 a.m. broadcast. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I have to ask what that experience was like. Crazy. So for people who don't know, so Nailed It is a baking show, but it's basically the best 
of the worst bakers. And so I had watched, I binge watched it on Netflix when I was on maternity leave with my son. And I had always tried to bake. I always was like, I'm going to be this before my son. I said, I'm going to be that mom that like brings all the cool, like themed, like holiday themed snacks to my son's school or daughter at the time we're going to be. And I am horrible. I just... <laughs> my cookies are flat. They're burnt. I made like turkey cakes that have collapsed. And so when I saw this show, everyone was tagging me like, you should be on this show, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up sending them some photos and then they just called me one day. They're like, your stuff is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And so they flew me out to LA. It was over three days and you walk in the room and it's so weird because even after, you know, we're on TV here every morning or whatever it may be, uh, you're walking there and you're like, this is so weird. I watched this set on TV. I binge watched this and I am here right now. So mm-hmm. kind of, it was a very surreal, surreal feeling. I was in it to win it once I was in there and I was ready to go. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's so funny because the first thing I wanted to do is put my hair up. I was like, I can't, I don't care what I look like. I want to win. You know, that's why I'm here. And they said, you can only put your hair up if you do it on camera. So Cause they have to make the just kind of consistency throughout oh, the show. Okay. So I looked right at the camera. I was like, what is happening now? Like we're doing it now. <laughs> but um, that was, so you'll see that you'll kind of like, when did she put her hair out? They didn't even use it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was, it, it was, um, it went by so fast too. Mm-hmm. How quick of a turnaround was that from them contacting you to you were like in studio? So it's funny that you say that because it took a couple months, but what I thought was the most interesting part of just that process, I did Skype interviews and, um, you know, phone calls, multiple phone calls where they were just asking you questions like similar like this to this. And then, um, they did background, a background check on me and that I was, there's nothing in my background, but I was concerned about that because they searched everything. And one of the things that came back with, there was, um, there was a picture of, like a snowstorm, but I was in the car. And so they said, oh, we, she appears like she's texting and driving. Or there was a, a picture with, I think it was like my niece or something where she like had her hand on my chest. Like that was in there, like very, everything was so specific. They searched so far back. I thought that was really interesting though, that all these things that came up where, or any articles I post that were maybe controversial on my news page look like as if I was posting them like they were my opinion. So I just thought it was really interesting how much goes into the background of a reality show that they look into all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a, an interesting part of the process. I felt like I didn't know before, but a lot, probably a couple months. Okay. Uh, six months, maybe I think is what it was. Is the whole but idea. The, sorry, go ahead. Is the whole idea behind that? Like the producers and showrunners don't want to deal with some kind of PR issue or something after an episode airs that, Oh, by the way, so-and-so used to, uh, and now it's all over the station and or all over the nation. I mean, yeah, I, I would think if you had anything on there that was, you know, noteworthy that they just wouldn't bring you on because of probably something like that, you know, um, I think they want to just make sure that you are the person that you, that you say you are in the interviews and things like that. And so that backs it up. But I was like, I could, they were looking back at Facebook posts and I mean, anything you posted, it was very interesting what went into that, you know, I'm like, I didn't post these articles, <laughs> they're my opinion, these are from somebody else or, you know, whatever the story may be. But yeah, there was a lot that went into the before and then. Um, something I thought that was really cool too. So it's filmed over a couple of days. You do the competition in one day and then um, they will ask you to speak in present tense. 
So for example, so like, what did you have? What did you have for breakfast today? I haven't yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm one of those terrible people who doesn't eat breakfast. Say that you are making a cereal. Okay. So speak, okay. speak if you're doing it right now, just try it. It's hard. Okay. So tell so me so I'm definitely in this. I've got my fruity pebbles here. I've got my bowl. I'm going to try and get this all mixed in, get the proper cereal to milk ratio. And uh, hopefully it's a great breakfast. See, that's actually really good. So I was like, okay. I grab food, I grab my bowl. I'm feeling anxious because you have to think because it, it's not the same day and stuff. Cause you're kind of, you know, going back to tell them what happened. So I thought that that was really cool too, but um, you were just like, you're processing it as you're saying it, but they were all so nice. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I always wondered about that watching some of those reality competition shows where it's like, yeah. <clears throat> there's a tense moment and something is happening. And then all of a sudden they're being interviewed about that happening. I'm like, did they stop and go over there and I sit know. down and talk about this disaster or great thing that's happening or, okay. So they do it all the day after. And that's what I thought too. I'm like, how do they, did you just pull them aside during this moment? I was like, what are you feeling right now? Like mm -hmm. I'm actually arguing right now, you know? <laughs> It was fun. It was very intense, um, more intense in there than I thought it was going to be. And there's just cameras everywhere. I mean, you have, you know, that was the thing where even though we're used to it here, it was not like that. You know, you always have somebody on you. And so um, that I can say if I were on any other reality show, I see how things slip by or you say things that maybe you shouldn't because you're just, you're comfortable with it all because, but there's just so much happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do you get any kind of do you get any kind of prep time when you walk in like to the the I guess I should say the sound stage the set to like where everything is yeah. and kind of get comfortable with your surroundings or do you kind of walk in and just say okay we're shooting they tell they show you everything so they walk you through and there's a safety we were um we were doing the the ice cream with it oh my gosh I can't think of what it's called liquid, liquid nitrogen. nitrogen yeah yeah you just washed it thank you so but we were using that so they had to do like a quick tutorial on that I'm like this is awesome you know make an ice cream with this and um so that was really cool I thought that that was you know they show you everything is all your ingredients you can get I'll tell you I did this though so I went with the other contestants they give you a good lay of the land of where everything is and they said you have a couple minutes just look where everything is and I saw a key ingredient <laughs> There were these cookies that I knew I was like, this will be I need for the end of that was the last cake and you had to spell nailed it with these cookies. And I saw them in there and I was like, I need these. And so I distracted the other contestants. <laughs> and said so I was just talking to him, like, don't see this. I was just like, oh, have you guys seen this or whatever? Hoping they wouldn't see these cookies. So there was a big scandal with that. They asked <laughs> before nailed it came out. I was like, they're gonna make me seem like I stole these cookies. Like I was sleeping at night. I was like sweating, and they never even used it. So yeah, like, <laughs> that was funny. But. They could just like edit it to make you Corella Deville from Rockford, Illinois. I, you know. So I actually worried about it for a year. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be this big cookie scandal. They made me look like I stole it because um, what wasn't actually on there. They were asking me about like, oh, you stole some cookies, and I was like, there was a moment where I was like they're going to make me the villain, you know, <laughs> but for sure, cause you don't know how they'll edit it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this is going to be so bad. It's just a fun show. It's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that is the nice thing about it. Like uh, the judges are really uh, nice people. Like they were they really are. fun and comfortable. Um, I, yeah. I, I was thinking to myself as I was watching it, cause uh, Oh, the, um, the baker Jacques, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's so sweet. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that? And instead of Jacques, it's like Gordon Ramsay. 
I know. Can you imagine how different of a show that would have been? I feel like that's what Nicole, the host, I felt like she was that. She's like, you put too much bubble gum in here. Like, this is disgusting. And I was like, I was proud of this. I thought this was good. <laughs> I was like, you're crushing my dreams right now. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, good. I'm glad that was, that was, yeah, that was a it, lot of fun to watch. And I'll tell you, I had to keep it a secret. And so I won, as you saw, but I didn't tell anybody. There were only a couple people who knew I won. Um, so I waited for my family and stuff. My nieces and nephews had to wait to watch it. And so uh, I thought that was fun. So I was kind of sad though. So at the end of the, it came out in March of last year and I was going to rent uh, one of our downtown theaters in Rockford and a big fundraiser for, we have Rosie's birthday club here, which is they get birthday parties for kids who are living in poverty. They don't you know, have their birthday celebrated. So we're going to do a big fundraiser. This would be so fun and pandemic hit. Oh. And so all shut down, you know, we weren't, it was right within those, uh, la- those couple weeks. And so we didn't end up doing anything. I mean, the world just changed. It's crazy to think it's been a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, overnight. God, that would have been amazing too, especially like you'd have gotten to like stand off stage and like knowing that you win and nobody else in the theater knows. I know. Like, oh, you guys are... <laughs> I always will be here. I'm like, you guys, I'm an international baking champion. So if you could just, <laughs> you know, and it's out of course, you know. <laughs> so there were so you... many did you get to bring the trophy home? No. What? I, I know. Biggest, biggest letdown. So I, I want to see if someone can recreate that though. I need that on the mantle. I mean, that's yeah. a big deal. You need that dead center of the news desk every morning. I, I know. I'm just going to have it, you know, on my Zoom calls from now on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. When you're on the air, every time Ellie gives you crap, you can just point at it and be like, hey. Yeah. That, that's me. I'm a baking champion, actually. <laughs> So I know I get that. That's my goal for uh, 2021. I have to get some sort of replica of it. <laughs> well, um, that, I mean, it was awesome that you were on. It was even better that it was a nineties episode. I know. And you don't know that until you're on. So you don't mm-hmm. know what you're going to get or what it's going to be, but I'm like, yeah, this is my jam. I love night, everything nineties. And you know, so I was excited about that. They had yeah. wedding ones and things like that. So that I'm grateful for the ones we got. <laughs> well, the Roger rabbit dance stole the show. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I look back and cringe over my cakes. I cringe over my dancing. I'm like, what are you? What is that? That's how I dance around the house too to my son's music. So mm-hmm. <laughs> walking around. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> so as we uh as I bring you back to Rockford, because you're a Rockford native, you went to yeah. East High School, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Oh okay. What um What's your sort of like general view about the Rockford area, the community, the people who are here? Yeah, we get a bad rap. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I, it was not hard to come back to Rockford from Milwaukee. You know, the, the reason that I went to Milwaukee and the reason I came home was totally different. So um, I just think we get a bad rap sometimes. You know, we are, we have so many things to do here. And I think I see that more so with my son now. I take him to Discovery Center. We have an awesome bike path on the Mississippi bike path. And we are always working towards something better. You know, we were just talking about a second ago, we have transformed Rockford, which, you know, we want to be a top 25 city by 2025. And I just feel like our downtown is improving and people just have a sort of pride here now that really wasn't there. You know, I told you I started at the news station about 2007. I don't think back then I would have ever seen somebody walking around in a Rockford t-shirt, an 815 t-shirt or hat or whatever it may be. So I just think it's just people are feeling that a little bit more now, but no, we have an amazing community and it's, you know, I, I always feel like I sound so cheesy when I say this, but I sincerely mean this being here and reporting here is such a difference because 
you feel like you're talking every time that we're on the news or I'm doing a story to people who you know. You know, if it's your mailman, if it's your first grade teacher, your grandma, you know, my grandma will be like, what are you wearing today? (laughs) Text me or whatever, you know. Um, But you are talking to people who you know. And so I just think it makes such a difference here. We, it's, we are a community. And I think everybody feels that if you're from here and you're raised here mm-hmm. and even people who are just coming in, I think you feel that. Right. I've always loved the area. You know, I, I, I live in Freeport, um, but I spent a lot of time working in Rockford and even living in Rockford for different times. And, and it's got, it's, it's, it's a great place. I love going there. You know, there's yeah. like, just like you said that, and it's interesting how, and I'm sure you feel this way being from yeah. the area how things have changed like the things that I love to do in Rockford when I was 18 versus the things I love to do in Rockford now that I'm in my 40s are totally different but it's all there you know what I mean it is. yeah now do you have kids at all yeah oh yeah see and that's the thing like there are things where I'm like everyone's like oh you before a pandemic really but they said you just take him everywhere and I'm like I want to go there that's mm-hmm. what don't even I'm like yeah he's with me that's cool but I want to go to Discovery Center I want to go to you know a burpee museum or whatever it whatever it is I I think it's really cool now where it's the things that I got to do when I was little that I'm doing now with my son and I think that that's cool that we share that you know I'm like oh I used to do this or whatever discovery center it's a lot of things in there that look the same or the bike path or like Christmas traditions things like that it's really cool to see his little face light up when we go places and he asked me the other day and he's too he was like we go to the conservatory because <laughs> we go there, we feed the fish, you know, we just try to get out and go do things. And now we're kind of easing back into doing those things before our numbers go back up, if they go back up, but yeah. Well, good. We have a lot of things here and I will, I'll tell you this too. So I actually was at the conservatory the other day. So down by the bike path and you could go in, you can feed the fish and stuff. And I brought my son in there and there was somebody in there who I met. It was a mom um, with her daughter. And she said, oh, we just moved here. And I almost felt like excited to be like, oh, we have this and we have this, you know, like telling her about all these cool things we have. And I was like, here's my phone number, call, you know, I'll let you know about events. And you, that's what I mean about the Rockford Pride stuff, because I walked away and I was like, I was really excited about that. No <laughs> her stuff like that, you know, I just I was like, okay, you're, you're just happy to be here. I really am happy to be here. Well, that's good. And anytime you <laughs> visit somewhere that's a really good town or city or community mm-hmm. you can sense that pride just walking the streets so yes. to see that and coming alive in Rockford is really really great and I see that and I and we have new journalists that start here and they're not from here and they'll come in for an interview and I say okay if you googled us that's not what this is you know because if you look you'll see the crime rate you see things like that but we're so much more than that and so I want them to see that you know because even when they're coming in for interviews they're still trying to figure out, do I want to live here? Do I want to work here? You know, and put my roots down here. And so I just think it's, you know, all of us, if you're from this area code, if you're in the 815, that you, we educate everybody on stuff like that and just kind of show everybody, we all love something different here. Mm -hmm. Good. So here's the, here's, here's the big question. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to put a number on it, like two, three, four, five, but I would love to hear what your like top local eateries are like the local oh. Rockford places that you just love to go to or put me in trouble I can tell you where I go <laughs> just kidding. I love we go everywhere so but I would say Lino's is probably number one good pizza good every if anybody comes to Rockford I'm like gotta go to Lino's Beefaroo which you've probably been to Beefaroo right 
frequent Bifarulo too often. Yeah. Um, Octane is downtown. They have like kind of unique stuff. So I've always liked that. They did the drive up to where you could eat in your car, which I've been eating a lot in my car during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you get that free second. I'm just sitting there eating. Um, so those, I would say uh, Fresco at the Gardens, that's right, um, Anderson Gardens. That's like juices and things like that. I really like that. Um, those, I feel like I go there. Crust and Crumble is a bakery downtown that everyone's like, you go there a lot. Like there's an intervention or something. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's just something that I don't even post when I go because I don't want them to know I'm there. It's like I have a problem. They have pastries and stuff like that that are just amazing. So, and then I go to Panera a lot, but it's not local. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I love pizza in my car. Yeah. <laughs> That um, I, yeah. I love Lino's. Um, the the Voice one that my wife and I love is the Capri downtown. Yes, very yes. good. Oh my gosh, that's like one of those things where we we cannot wait for, you know, things to begin to reopen because that's like that's our go to place at least in terms of like sit down. Now, if it's just cruising through town, grabbing something real quick, yeah, it's either Beefaroo or Uncle Nick's. You I know, know, Uncle Nick's I, to me is just a staple. First, but I support it. A lot of people love Uncle Nick's. So <laughs> I'm I, so <laughs> well, it's so interesting. It's so interesting with that where it uh where it stamps in your life. When I was uh gosh, nineteen twenty, I lived in Freeport but worked in Rockford and had a job where I wouldn't get off till two in the morning. Yeah. And Uncle Nick's was the only place that was open. So a lot of times it was hit Uncle Nick's and then eat it on the drive back to Freeport. So you get that nostalgic kind of holds a you know a special place in your heart, sort of thing. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you're pulling in, no, I definitely definitely feel that. But yeah, we've been now more so we've been trying to get out a little bit more, like I said, with our numbers being low, but we've been, we used to do a parking lot picnics with my son. We would just go order and then we'd sit in the car and eat because like, we got to get out of this house. I can't be in this house anymore, you know? Yes, yes. I, gosh, having a, a, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. Yeah, you know. Yes, something, God, something, you know? I know. And they're real quick with Lino's too. This is, I remember in the beginning of the pandemic. So if you know anything about Lino's, it's, you know, a lot of um, like parents and grandparents, kind of an older crowd that went in there. And I remember during, right at the beginning of the pandemic, when before this was like a system where you would go and do the um, pick up food, you know, they had a system down and I pulled in and there were so many people there who, I mean, were probably, I mean, over 80 trying to still go through and pick up food. And I just remember thinking at the time, like how dedicated their, you know, people are that they, that they're like putting the masks on and going out. We didn't know anything about the pandemic yet. It was just in the beginning and they still were so loyal to Lino's and the loyal, um, the employees were so loyal going up to the windows and, you know, I just, we didn't know anything at the time. I just remember like I had a, I just felt like it's just a, like a lot of emotions during that because we just, there was so much unknown at the time. And I just, all these people were still trying to make it part of the routine and, I'll never forget that about this past year, just pulling up there for the first time and just seeing that. Cause it was, it was like a fear. People were so scared to go out. They, we didn't know anything and they were still getting their Lino's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to let that deter. Yeah. If that isn't a testament to customer loyalty, I, I don't know. know what is. <laughs> that was awesome. I'll never forget that. Well, fantastic. Well, um, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, yeah. but, uh, before I do, I will give the floor to you. If you have anything you want to say or add or. No, yeah, no, no pressure. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nothing, nothing really might. I appreciate you, you know, just inviting me on and it's, it's been fun to talk about everything, especially, you know, it's been, 
like I said, it's been a really rough year, I think, for a lot of people. People have been through a lot. I mean, um, even through journalism. So, you know, just it's kind of asking me about that. I'm just like, hey, how's it been going this past year? I appreciate that because, you know, we sometimes have been getting a bad rap with the media and it's it's not like that, especially at a local level where we're just trying. We're just trying right now to get everybody information and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Well, it always felt to me, um, as I go on a side topic, that always felt like very intellectually sort of dishonest to just lump media into one giant conglomerate that's like a hive mind that just has an agenda and spits news out at you when that doesn't you know when you think about it you put some deeper thought into it it doesn't even make sense like places like uh you know for example where you're at all you're trying to do is tell people what's going on in the world and to believe that there's some kind of like nefarious agenda behind that just seems silly and there's not and that's the thing we just we want to get you the information you can determine whatever opinion you have on it, I'm not giving you an opinion. We would never do that here. You know, we're just giving you the information so you can form your own. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is, is our responsibility to make sure that you're getting everything you need to be able to do that mm-hmm. on both sides. Right. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Whitney, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank um, you. We, you. Yeah. yeah, we, we played email tag for about three months, but we finally <laughs> locked it down, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm this morning. I'm like, I'm just, I gotta download Zoom again. Just give me a second. <laughs> Thank you. For anything, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, take care, Whitney. And uh, hey, enjoy your vacation, by the way. Thank you. I'll be baking a little bit. My staycation at home. So uh, you'll probably see some of my baking fails on there too. <laughs> say that. I was just about to say that they better be on Instagram. <laughs> I'll post them. Thank you so All much. Right. All, right. All right. Thank you, Whitney. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so that was the episode with Whitney Martin. Had a great time doing that one. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Once again, I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. If you could do me a favor, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, pass the word along. Every little bit of that helps build the show. If you've got any uh, suggestions for future guests or even tips or criticism about how badly I'm doing, please, by all means, message me, send it my way. Any and all feedback I can get is really appreciated. Um, And if you're listening to this on an Apple device, up in the corner there's a spot to leave a review. If you could do that, I would appreciate that as well. So I will sign off for now. Before I go, I want to say I love all of you. Take care of each other, and we will talk to you next time.